Let's make sure history never forgets the name. You guys, shut up! Rage is singing! I see a movie with cyberpunk. It's ultra-violent and trips balls. I see a mishmash and ponder what it is. The film's got capsules. Canada's bike. Three blue children. What's not to like? I can't figure out what this thing is all about. Oh my gosh, it's really him. Please sign my shirt. I see a movie. I see a movie. It's a cyber pack with Trishmash from hell. I want a director, I want director to give me the meaning of this film from hell. He's got me guessing it and guessing it and guessing what this film is all about. Watching Akira, I think I'm watching Akira, I really think so. Watching Akira, I think I'm watching Akira, I really think so. Watching Akira, I think I'm watching Akira, I really think so. Watching Akira, I think I'm watching Akira, I really hope so. Sci-Fi Melody, Symptom 237, Akira, all the acid, all the time. <laughs> Welcome back, sickies, to Anime April, and we are doing one of the most famous anime ever, Akira, which... Uh, it's regarded, according to Wikipedia, that is, as one of the best science fiction films ever made. Scott and Ruck are going to contest that, which is fine. I mean, it's not for everybody. And also, however, it is science fiction, and it is, I should say, was a breakthrough for anime in the United States, which is why uh, th- this film has been chosen. Because really, uh, at this point, uh, I can remember, in fact, seeing clips from this film on the news with the comment that Japanese comic books and anime was too violent. And there were parents groups trying to ban it from the U.S. And for a time, it worked. I mean, if you go back to the 80s and, and the 90s, it was really hard to get anime uh, just purely that had no American involvement. It was hard to get that in this country. Uh, I can recall having to download episodes of Dragon Ball Z to, to keep up. So this film put anime on the map for the Western world. I'm just thinking about something. For the time, yes, this was violent. He-Man was never allowed to really strike with his sword as a no. weapon. And the Ninja Turtles deflected stuff with their weapons. And they, they well, they could, they could kill because it was robots. Yes, they, they could hit the robots, robots. But if they were ever not fighting a robot, they, couldn't they could cut. not use that weapon offensively. Right. And that was the case with a lot of cartoons. Yeah. This came out. and Well, and that goes back to an interesting point that uh, prior to, I would say, our generation growing up or Gen Xers, whichever we are, uh, Animation was considered for kids by default. Whereas in Japan, their anime, animation, was considered uh, for everybody. You just have to find your genre. Obviously, an old man watching Fruits Basket, though possible, was creepy. 
but he could watch Akira. He could watch anything else. Whereas in the U.S., now I think what happened is we're trying to do the same thing, but we're trying to uncreatively use IPs. So instead of letting He-Man be He-Man, we've decided to age it up so that make it more adult, quote unquote, so that we feel better about liking He-Man, I guess, instead of just saying, it's good, it's for kids, let us make our own thing, which is what they do in Japan. They don't take Doraemon and make Doraemon a drug addict who turn, who comes out of the closet. They just keep it the way it is. You know, Nobita does not ruin his life and go through whatever social issue. They just keep it a kid's show and say, let's make something else. More Boy, adult. I didn't get that out of the new He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Adam was a drug addict? <laughs> th- that didn't happen. Doraemon was a uh, robot cat anyway. So... <laughs> Uh, but that's the big difference here. So when you're looking, I just, that was my first introduction to Akira because the scene at the beginning where the guy gets shot up while running around with the one blue kid, I remember seeing that on the news. They displayed that as a, should we really be showing this to our kids? And the irony was, well, no, but the Japanese weren't really doing that either. It wasn't for kids either. Yeah. And then Doom came out. So. Then what came out? Doom. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, video games were Wolfenstein, okay, Wolfenstein. Right? Yeah. Grand well, Theft Auto. Well, Wolfenstein was okay by a lot of parents because it's like, oh, you're just killing Nazis? Oh, well, that's different. Yep. That was my dad's rationalization. Oh, you're killing Nazis? Oh, well, whatever. We definitely Knock can't. yourself out. Right. Ten years later after this film came out, well, no, we can't let our kids see... Uh, can't let our kids see a cartoon guy getting shot, but here's Grand Theft Auto. Go ahead and steal some cars, head to the strip club, pick up a prostitute, and kill her and get your money back. Have fun, kids. As long as it's a pixel in a video game, we are (laughs) A-OK. So so that's kind of where we're at. uh. There was a big change in values between the mid-1980s and the early 2000s. Sure, oh, without a doubt. (laughs) Well, part of that was... Also, um, all the studies actually came out and disproved all that. What's that? Violent video games made uh, kids violent. Oh, well, that that was a thing that that showed up in the 90s. And yeah, they came out and I mean, yeah, there's an outlier. There's a kid here or their kid there that that might be the case. But again, you're talking about the outlier, the one weirdo who, quite honestly, anything could have set him off. It just happened to be video games in that case. But yeah, in general, the studies have all come out and said, not really. That's... That is not the thing that does it. I've reached one conclusion. Judging by the fact that in 1988, the, the mid-80s, that um, America still thought this movie was too violent, and the only thing that I can really show has changed at that point is that the Fox network took off, I've concluded that Fox, <laughs> The Simpsons, and Married with Children has ruined American values. Uh, they, did have their, they did have their part. Uh, Damn honestly- you, Rupert Murdoch! There, there were other things too, like a lot of the the standards that had been in place to protect kids had been removed in the Reagan era. Uh, for for better or for worse, I'll let you decide, Sickies. I'm not going to make that judgment. That's just a fact. That, for example, marketing to kids via a cartoon show was made legal, which is why the giant marketing machines of like He-Man and Ninja Turtles became a thing because they could now. Whereas before, Rocky and Bull, Bullwinkle could only be Rocky and Bullwinkle. If you wanted to market a toy, you had to make a commercial. But 
Anime April, all this month, brought to you by the Mattel Chocobot Power Hour. The Mattel's Mars Bars Choc- <laughs> Quick Energy Chocobot Hour. <laughs> so, getting back to Akira, this film, uh, I enjoy it. Scott, well, Scott's not an anime guy to begin with, so, but at least Cowboy Bebop, he could see the worth. However, this one, he's, well, we'll get there, but he's, it's not his, it's not something he's going to tune into. Pick a message. Okay. Oops, I previewed. And I can't deny, I can't deny that one, Scott. <laughs> uh, I don't know where Thomas stands and Ruck has already spoiled that, well, it's not his fave. Yeah. I saw this to kind of harken back to your earlier point about being young uh, and thinking that this was for children. Um, I watched this for the first time when I was 11 years old. Um, I watched Akita when I was 11, and within the first five minutes, I was already scarred for life and was preparing to have nightmares for for that night. (laughs) Um, And uh, it was definitely an adult anime that I thought was for me as a child because i was watching teen titans and i was like oh this looks kind of like teen titans and then it was not teen titans <laughs> which yeah Ooh, no. which honestly though uh this well i'll jump into fun facts before plot let's get this thing going uh that though despite the fact it's not teen titans akira did influence it in degrees uh the kind oh, yeah. the Canada bike stop that has been copied by animated productions the world over uh teen titans has has borrowed it everybody's borrowed it because it is such an iconic look the, the way Akira slide the, the kaneda bike slide i mean just that and the fact that his motorcycle goes in reverse but um that was a one of the most copied scenes in all of anime uh I'm going to just blitz through a couple other fun facts and plots because we're gonna, we have some interesting talking points about this. This was one of the first Japanese anime films to have the characters' voices recorded before they were animated. And incidentally, if you ever watch the original 1988 version, Leonardo's voice is Kaneda. They since changed that, but yeah, Leonardo of Ninja Turtles is Kaneda. Uh, Ooh, I have a uh, fun fact kind of relating to that, actually. Oh, go for it. Um, so another fun fact, uh, which I didn't realize until I was watching it the other day, um, me and my buddy were watching it together, and we both kind of looked at each other when we heard um, Tetsuo's voice. And we're like, I know that voice. Mm-hmm. And it's because when I was a child, I watched a lot of Digimon. And his voice in English is... Uh, the same voice as Ty from Digimon, who oh. is uh, like the main guy. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I know his voice. He has a good voice. He's also in like a whole bunch of other cool stuff. I remember him in the SpongeBob movie for some reason, too. You know, a, um, lot, of, a lot of these very guys, good voice actor. when they get jobs, they kind of get a lot of jobs. I mean, and sometimes it's not always easy to tell. You have to kind of hear it for a bit like you. I mean, some are iconic, like uh, Lorenzo Music. You're... Uh, oh, yeah. You're going to know his voice no matter what. The guy who plays Goku, um, no matter what he does, he's going to be Goku. I'm sorry. I've heard, I've heard that voice actor in, in Berserk and a couple other things, and it's like, well, it's Goku. In fact, as a... I mean, even like... Well, unfortunately, I, for some of these guys, they get 
I don't know, typecast as much as just a one, little bit. One role has made them know. <laughs> you know what? Like, if I, I mean, then there you also have to look at guys like Steve Bloom. I can't believe I didn't remember remember this last time, but Steve Bloom, who plays Spike in Cowboy Bebop, also plays a whole bunch of other characters. Yeah. He plays um one of my one of my favorite characters in Naruto, uh, uh, Zabuza. Mm-hmm. who's like a, a swords master and then you get spike who's this uh suave guy i think he's also in star wars rebels i think he plays does he play oh, i have to i, I have to remember google who he plays in rebels google give me it. one moment i think now while you're googling, googling it, right it make sure see i think he's also in the anime big o as the main he character. plays zeb he does play zeb okay oh he's zeb okay wow but yeah he plays zeb you know what though? If I uh, were if I were yeah. the guy who plays Goku, and even if everybody knows my voice, it's like you're on one of the longest running anime ever. That's pretty good. That's pretty because anybody else playing Goku is like, what the? No, that, that's wrong. Hmm. So the only character they changed tack on that was okay was Vegeta. They changed his voice after the I want to say the the Saiyan saga. And at first it was jarring, but it came out, you know, it worked out fine in the end. But that was it. Uh, But yeah, a lot of these voice actors, you kind of can tell who they are. In fact, like I said, the guy who plays Goku was in Berserk. And as one of the outtakes, the character of Guts goes, Ah, thanks for the help, everyone. Now, which one of you is Goku? (laughs) So... Ah. Uh, anyway, um, the music for the film, much like the voice acting, the music for the film was composed before the, uh, script was done, before the, um, the animation was done. So they had to tweak it a little bit to make it work. Uh, the movie takes place in 2019 and depicts Neo Tokyo creating a new Olympic stadium, which coincidentally Tokyo was scheduled to host in 2020 until that. Hmm. virus of unnamed <laughs> virus. origin a virus of unknown I, origin this worldwide place. fraud and conspiracy which all countries of the world agreed to perpetuate ah yes of course to change the governing power of the united states ah, of course that's right even our enemies right <laughs> so i was i was watching it when i was watching um when i was watching the movie i I saw that at the beginning, the 2019, and I don't know if it's exactly like it, but I felt like the sudden hit, much like probably a lot of other uh, uh, of our older audience has felt when they saw that the date in Back to the Future had already passed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. When I saw Aww. 2019, I was like, oh, man, the distant future of three years ago. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> it's a real bummer when that happens. That's why if you're a yeah. good science fiction writer today, you should probably pick several centuries in the future so that sometime in the near future because you know what? It's always sometime it's in the always near future. The near future. So yeah, be ambiguous as possible. So 20 XDX. 20X. 20 XDX. But congratulations, Rock, you're getting old. Yep. Welcome to the club. A couple other small ones. Um, The computer sounds, which are heard during Tetsuo's body scan, were taken from Mother Computer, an alien, in 1979. Um, 
in the 90s, Sony was going to make a live action version until they saw the cost of the film and said, no way. Which my answer is, thank God. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why? A live action version might actually clarify what in the world was going on in remember this. Remember what happened with uh, uh, Alita Battle Angel? Yeah, let's not repeat that. I've done my best to forget Alita or Battle Ghost Angel. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, let's just forget about oh, that. Uh, or Death Note. Or Last one that I'll say that's interesting to me is that Streamline Pictures was able was reported to become the film's distributor in the U.S. because both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg labeled it as unmarketable in the U.S. Wah, wow. I guess they didn't get it. Eh, you know, you, you can't get them all right. What do you know? More peyote. You'd have figured it out. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I think... Uh, one... Go one ahead. fun fact I'm surprised you didn't mention. Sorry. Uh, one fact fact I'm surprised you didn't mention is Akita. Uh, it was known, at least like in the early animation days, you didn't have very many frames per second. You probably had three or four frames per second. Akita has roughly twelve frames per second for animation. I uh, saw that fact, but which I, is it's beyond me, crazy. so I kind of skipped it because I don't get it. <laughs> that's but like um, it, it makes it much smoother. Yeah, to put it in like um, I guess like a gun terms, like other anime while they're firing, uh, like either single shots or uh, semi-auto, like semi-automatic. You have Akita, which is full auto times two, basically. Okay. <laughs> now I I did see the movement was very good, and I have to wonder was that and they upped the frame rate in '99 when they redid it, but now. Was that at all rotoscoped? Because it kind of looks like it. I don't like it. believe so. Okay. Cause it, I don't believe so. It kind of looked like it, but that could have just been the frame rate. So, uh, yeah. it was great nonetheless. So, uh, the basic plot is, is very hyper-complex and complicated, but what happens in, in uh, 1988, <laughs> a giant detonation occurs in Tokyo, wiping it out and causing Neo-Tokyo to be born on islands nearby. And the place has become a cyberpunk dystopian hellhole. And uh, you see Tetsuo it was part of a biker gang. Tetsuo Oshima is part of a biker gang called the Capsules. And while in a fight with their rivals, the clowns, one evening, he comes across a small blue kid running around. The military comes and takes the kid, but also takes Tetsuo and discovers that, hey, he has psychic ability. And throughout the film, Tetsuo is trying to escape while also his psychic ability is waking up. His friend Kaneda tries to break him out and kind of does. But Tetsuo gets out, goes on a psychic rampage, and he's trying to find Akira. Akira was the first psychic experiment that went too far. So they buried him underneath the Olympic Dome. Tetsuo goes there. Breaks Akira. By the out. way, great place, great place to put your top secret. Oh, I, of course. Experiment. Who's gonna notice? Hide it in plain sight. Yeah, that's what they did with Jimmy Hoffa. So, <laughs> so uh, stop spoiling cold Chase chase stuff. To, uh, yeah, yeah, we're not that. Is you that should coming be there up? For, I don't know. Is it? I, I cannot say. He I cannot, cannot say. He cannot say. But. We, we all know he's not buried in the corner of a stadium because that would have weakened the concrete. Um, sure. Jet 
uh, metal steel can't burn at the temperature jet fuel can reach too, right? Well, no, he re- his dead body really would have weakened the concrete. So, um, so anyway, what uh, happens is Tetsuo breaks Akira out, finds out it's just his organs because Tetsuo transcended, and they decided to lock the organs up until a future generation could tap into that power successfully. They try to use a uh, satellite laser to kill Tetsuo. It doesn't work, and in the end, Tetsuo gets consumed by the power, and the three other blue children that were part of the experiment to make psychic kids save the city, save, well, save Kaneda, anyway. And Tetsuo. They save something? Yeah, by <laughs> transcending to a different dimension, but in the process, they wipe out all life in Tokyo, except for Kaneda and um, Ray. Some real reverse utilitarian ethics going on there. Yep. So, uh, and it ends with them going back into Tokyo, basically with no hope. Dystopia, well, to folks. To be honest, this entire, this entire show is like trippy as can be. Oh, for sure. So, there's a couple of deep topics we want to get into, but I thought we'd first go into some rips and picks and get this out of the way because. Yeah, why not? And I, I'm going to start it off with, I love the animation, especially in the biker scenes where they're in their fight. That's what hooked me onto this movie the first time. Uh, just the, the way the music interplays. There's one scene where they're f- driving into a tunnel. And for some reason, I keep watching that scene over and over again because it's just so magnificent. You feel like you're on a bike following those guys. And then they, one of them takes a wrong turn and you hear his buddy going, no, we're not there. And you hear an, you see an explosion and he just, or the scene where the one big biker, the clown, someone jumps on his bike and tries to beat him with a pole. Instead, he grabs the guy's head and head butts him off the bike. (laughs) I mean, this is just, for those of you that like cyberpunk. Even if you wouldn't like this movie, you should at least watch the very beginning to get a good idea of what it looks like. Because, wow. What, the animation is just brilliant in this. That's my first pick. I don't know. It made me wonder if this was the um, inspiration for Road Rash. <laughs> Gosh, that was a good game. Those are a good set of well, games. It- it's very iconic of a look. Let's put it that way. Oh, without a doubt. Without, I mean, we've already established the bike thing, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a pick to start with. The Lovecraftian nightmare Oompa Loompa scene, where they're basically singing and taking the form of giant Easter bunnies and toys oh, that they're to just creating out of Tetsuo. thin air to hide themselves to scare Tetsuo. The only thing I kept thinking was this is like Transformers meets Phantasm meets Oompa Loompas. And it was, uh, I'll just <laughs> say creepy. It, I, it was yeah. probably my favorite scene. Wow, I'm surprised. I, I, I think nothing of that scene, but here it is one of Scott's faves. Yeah, it just, to each his own. it just had me thinking of something of evil Oompa Loompas. All right. Next. So, um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start off. I'll start off today with a rip. Um, there are probably two characters in this entire movie that I genuinely thought they did decently. Um, I was not a huge fan of, of most of the characters. Tetsuo, he doesn't have a likable personality. And as a matter of fact, neither does 
uh, Kaneda, who is supposed to be your two main characters, your major antagonist, protagonist, whatever you like to call them. I mean, even still, though, they're not even likable at that. Uh, Like, I can appreciate a good anti-hero, but I can't appreciate them when their motivation is so muddled in LSD trip that I can't understand it. Uh, Even as a grown man watching this movie, I still did not like Kaneda, nor did I like Tetsuo as a villain. And I genuinely like writing villains and and reading villains. So it's like, eh. I, that's probably my biggest thing with with the characters. And outside of them, I didn't even care about anybody else. I would even pig- the the main girl. I would piggyback on Rock's Rip in that um, it took me almost like an hour and a half into the movie to be able to tell all the characters apart because they didn't distinguish these characters that well. Maybe not an hour and a half, but clothing would be your best bet. Right. I had problems figuring out who was who. And that really took me out of the movie because I'm like, wait, is this the one kid? Is this the other kid? Is this the kid with the bike? And I I was having a lot of problems because the characters are just that not memorable and distinctive. Well, don't forget, you also have, I mean, this, all right, this is a rip and a pick because this takes on quite a bit of heavy content. Like, I mean, literally, they talk a scene of them almost uh, sexually assaulting one of the girls. Yes, that did happen. It's happening. That's happening in the middle of this. So that's where I'm like, they go all over the place and don't hold their punches. I mean, super violent, all sorts of adult content, which, again, it's made for adults, so of course you go with that, but part where I'm like, wow, is since they don't hold their punches, they go everywhere. There's not a solid point. Like, it doesn't go, oh, here's what we're talking about. What are they talking about here? Other than being an acid trip. You know, put a pin in that because that's the one of the big talking points we're going to get to. So, uh, I think just to speed things up to that point, uh, why don't we just go each and label the rest of ours without going too long? Because I really think that the heart of today's dis- topic comes down to theme. And I, I really want to get into that because I think there's an interesting chat there. So if I want to just blitz through my rips and picks, uh, the animation is great. I really love the cyberpunk feel. It really establishes that, especially if you want to write in that genre. Uh, I, I love the soundtrack, except there's a few weird things I'll grant you. The Canada, Canada, it's like, that's weird. But otherwise, uh, I love the soundtrack. They apply it properly. The one rip I will use, I'm going to agree with Thomas as to the meanings, the theme, but we'll come back to that. The other minor rip, it's a nitpicky one. But in the 1988 version, when Tetsuo is driving towards a clown, there's a clown gets knocked off his bike. Tetsuo pulls out a pipe, drives by, smacks the guy in the face, probably knocking his head off. And he screams, nice catch. Well, they changed it to how do you like that in the new version? Because I guess that probably matches the anime better. The problem is when you're translating is 
do you keep the exact word for word or do you take the meaning? And that's, all, that's the ever-present debate. I would argue that nice catch was better because it sounded more awesome. That's it. Just cl- clear and simple. Just nice. because it sounds awesome. Exactly. It just sounds cooler. Why they chose to edit that to something else, no idea. But that's just a nitpicky pick or a rip. So who would like to go next and just summarize their rips and picks? Well, if I was going to pick, I would say the animation is, is obviously done very well. Uh, I mean, you got something that was iconic and, and changed the, the paradigm for animation with the Akira slide. Um, but if I have to give a major pick, it's that there's nothing holding this thing together. It's like the Michael Bay explosions for explosions and fighting and action of oh, anime. Rip. Okay. Yeah, a rip. I'm sorry. If I was going to go with the major rip, there, there's no cohesion to this. The center does not hold. I, I can't figure out what this was supposed to be. I don't know. And that's the problem. We'll get into that more later. Right. That's the big mm. topic. So next. Um, so just in general, I'm not a huge fan of gore in, in any anime that I watch. Mm. Um, so that's my personal feelings. The gore in there is is a pick for me personally, or a rip for me personally. But for other people, it depends on your likes. Like even Attack on Titan, I'm like, mm, no thanks. Even sometimes in like Naruto, I'm like, eh, this is a little much. Uh, you then take a look at um, a few of the things. Uh, of the other things uh i saw a guy with a hitler mustache um yeah, the colonel yeah <laughs> in one of the early scenes yeah <laughs> and i was just meaning? like well there's a hitler mustache in 1988 <laughs> roughly about 35 years after world war ii so you know that he knows what happened um with that mustache um my major pick is definitely the animation animation is awesome my other major pick would be um that this anime definitely opened up a lot more for the u.s mm. uh and then my biggest rip for this movie is a lot of people will say um i i've 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 seen a lot of people say that this movie oh every time i watch it i see something new every time i watch it, i see something new yeah. um and i and i understand it more and I'm like, well, you should understand the movie on the first time that you watch it. Your rewatchability should not come from, oh, I need to understand this movie more. Kind of like, um, uh, what are those movies? Uh, Tenant and... Um, oh, Chris Nolan movies, uh, basically. Dream- yeah. Oh. Just because yeah. they're... Any all, Chris just, Nolan movie. The, the okay. idea of just because something's overly complex and complicated doesn't make it good. Exactly. So it's like, I don't want to have to watch this movie 12 times to understand that, oh, uh, Tetsuo is a uh, allegory for this. No, I don't want to have to do that 12 times, especially because it's not my cup of tea. So that's another one of my rips that you shouldn't have to rewatch the movie to understand it. Well, and, that's, and I think that's really all I had. And that's an interesting Oh, and it's point. slow at the beginning. Well, yeah, that's an interesting point because... Uh, you're not being clever by obfuscating your meaning. And a lot of people exactly. seem to think I've, I've in my older age, I've come to a point of profundity is one of the dumbest things in storytelling. 
trying to be profound. Well, look, if you want to tell the parable of the cave, go be a philosopher. If you want to tell stories, stop it. Stop with the profundity. Stop trying to, as much as I love Tenet, I will accept anybody who says I was too stupid and complicated for me. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, you shouldn't sit. I understand that. Well, I went to theoretical physicist to get the meaning of this. Yeah, great. So they get it fully. The rest of us are going, duh. So, and the only reason he gets away with that is because he's Chris Nolan. Any other director in the world trying to pitch that would be told no. Well, I think you can do, I think you can be a storyteller and a filmmaker and tell the allegory of the cave. Sure you can. Just not everybody can. Right, exactly. There it's, are those who know, can do it, those who cannot. And right, most if you're Michael cannot. Bay, don't try to do it. Well, most people really can't because I agree with Ruck that if I have to watch it 12 times to peel back the orange, it's now turning into me reading Immanuel Kant. No, thank you. Well, Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner might be a movie that might be an exception to that rule that I don't mind watching it two or three times to start peeling back the onion and get the message out of it. Yeah, but I get enough out of the first watch that I understand and I can enjoy and peel back. Whereas if I'm watching Akira, like you guys are pointing out, and Thomas has already pointed out, what is this all about? Yeah. If, that, if that's your question when you're done, what was that all about? You have not done a good job. And Correct. As much as I love this anime, I can't deny that glaring criticism because even I'm asking yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's a problem. Um, if you watch I the think, movie for the first... I, I think... Go ahead, Rock. No, I was just going to give another example of a movie that, at least personally for me, that does does the same thing where they they have this rewatchability but they tell the story first that's the biggest thing you tell the story and make sure the story is good and understandable and then you can go back and throw in little things and the movie i'm talking about is halloween uh ah. i lo- love the halloween movies but if you go back you can see that like oh michael myers is in the background oh man like well that's a visual like you can thing, see though. him yeah it's still a visual thing but it's still like oh you can tell like this is how he knows where they are right now this is like he's stalking them at this point like you see what's happening in the background and you're understanding the story more what you shouldn't do as a writer is go i'm gonna make this overly complex so that when after they watch it the 12th time they can understand everything that's happening in this movie like yeah. I shouldn't have to watch, I shouldn't well, have to watch uh, Halloween twelve. I don't have to watch Halloween twelve times to understand that even though it's daytime, Michael Myers is still there, probably watching you. Well, I'm going to disagree only because of one reason, and the reason is we're American, plain and simple. No, there's no way around that, and we're coming to a very heavily influenced Japanese anime. Yeah, he's got a point there. Talking about things that a Japanese person would understand. They would understand these concepts that they're putting forwards. We in the West do not understand some of these concepts that they're trying to uh, put forward, let's say. You know, we keep tap dancing on this, so, and, and Thomas, right you are, I'm going to 
we're just going to dive into theme here because um, Scott made a theme in his own mind. And, and it, I understand how, where he went with this. But he also, it, uh, um, he called it, he called it a, what'd you call libertarian what, what, what? It's a, it's, it's, it's a libertarian anthem. Okay, um, so you called it a libertarian anthem. And I'll let you finish that thought. But I want to make it clear, this is a 1988 Japanese guy. He's not thinking like 2022 libertarian American guy. But go on, Scott. Why, why do you think that? Now, I'm not saying that there aren't parallels, but I can't say, as Thomas pointed out, a Japanese guy wouldn't have thought this way. No, it's very possible. But I'm just going to say that um, there's no Scott's deep meaning this week because as I, as I text Thomas and Mark watching this, I got to this quote from the colonel. Open your eyes. You are all puppets of corrupt politicians and capitalists. Uh, there's real no trouble finding where the bias is on this one. Um, but it keeps going. And so there's dystopian. And then there's, in most dystopian futures, there's someone who is honorable. There's someone who has the moral compass that you can look to and say, this person has the idea what society should be and is trying to restore it. I don't know what it is in this one because capitalists are bad. Okay, I understand. Parliament is bad. Because Parliament here is non-functioning, and they're just flipping out that the colonel wants more money to handle a military threat, and they're arguing with each other rather than listening to the colonel. So Parliament is completely useless, and they're shown as just a bunch of people pandering for votes who could care less if what they're doing is good or bad. Now you have the colonel who hates scientists because they don't think about risk, and only the military properly evaluates risk. So... For but then a moment, you have the military being a, a coup. Right. Then the military performs a coup against the government, and then the military isn't ruling any better. They're in lockdowns and restricting rights, and you've got this thing killing about civilians. killing civilians, freedom of speech. At some point in all of this, the protection of freedom of the press becomes the most important thing it wants to talk about. Um, at some point, I thought it was arguing that a benevolent military autocracy is the way to go over an elected democracy. But what I can tell here is military, military uh, dictatorship, bad. Elected parliament, bad. Capitalist technocrats, bad. Um, good guys, biker gangs and mercenaries. But the mercenaries were paid for by the capitalist. And I mean, it's clear that the capitalist is bad because the whole city and world is falling apart. He's comically stuffing a suitcase full of money that is so full it can't close while he forgets to take his heart attack medicine and dies as he's lugging away a suitcase he can't even carry. What is your message here? I don't know what's good. Is it that the innocence of a child is what you need to govern and do what's best for society? Because they fail at that. They, they say, let's save this one boy. What about the whole mega city of Neo-Tokyo? No, let's save Canada and the colonel at the expense of the entire city. Well, and remember, too, then you have the science has gone too far message. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Then science is bad because science is bad here. I mean, they know I can't throw away the specimen, even though I know this pattern is bad <clears throat> and could kill us all. What's who's the good guy? Everyone's bad. Human society is generally bad. What is this reverse Confucianism where generally we're good? And if we have good leadership, we'll be good. We're bad. And even if we have bad leadership or good leadership, we'll be bad. What, what is there to take from this? Pick someone who's the good guy. I mean, the best thing I can tell here is Canada is the, is the hero. Anti-hero guy, sort of. 
But is he even? Well, I mean, his whole motivation in this whole thing was to pick up the girl. So what is this? Being a, being a player is, is, is the goal of life? Pick up the girl? I, I can't figure out any of the objective that we're trying to get at here. I mean, I'm just, everything can't be bad. Someone has to be good. Otherwise, he's basically just saying, blow the whole thing up, and hopefully the next time we build a society, we'll figure it out. Because we're in process of building a society, but maybe we'll get there one day. Maybe you hit upon it there, because notice there's also themes of, of rebellion and religious extremism and all sorts of other well, things. And maybe it's just, let's just mishmash this all together. It religion is bad, too. Like, it very much looks like The Expanse doing this, although Expanse has much more coherence. But The Expanse has the good guy. Holden is the good guy. He's the good guy, and there's a coherent well, message. Uh, Go ahead, Thomas. We I, keep I, crowding you out. Thank you. Almost everything you just hit on as subjects and problems were issues that Japan was going through. Japan was going through trying to figure out what they were well and their economic bubble was starting to burst yes the, their economic time. was economy was taking a nosedive suddenly because of their housing collapse but you had that but again this was a country that was fresh to democracy they only really got democracy after america hoisted upon them after defeating them during world war ii and they were struggling with, I mean, capitalism and with the problems with that, the idea of a military attack and the idea of autocracy of a military leadership. They had nightmares with that from World War II. And even so, before I mean, that. Yes. But again, this is a country that was struggling very much with its past. Its identity. And, and trying to figure out where it was. Was it was communism butter? Was capitalism butter? Was should we go back to the old ways of a, of the leadership? Should we have military? What about science? Well, well, science led us down a dark path. So I think being that it it's hitting upon and it's also hitting upon ideas of you know, Confucianism and other ideology that is deeply steeped in Japanese culture. Mm, of course. So, I mean, I think in some ways, looking at it is almost impossible to understand it because we're coming at it from not only a Western mindset, we're also coming at it from a completely different time period. Yes, that is a good point. I think because um, I mean, this was this Cold War was still going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hints of the, nuclear war in this. Yeah, the world was in a completely different place, both militarily, economically. Everyone was in a different spot, and no one knew what was going on or where it was going. It's, now, I'm not saying that we can't judge this and try to understand it, because, oh, I will tell you right now, this thing has a million problems, and one of them is 
it can't get a message through. Yeah. No, but like you're also telling a story. It's a dystopian future. I can't argue with you, Thomas. The Japanese military got out of control and was waging wars without approval from the government and setting up its own client states. And um, you're you're right. They were learning how to you know get to an elected democracy and and. And there was a change going on, and none of it was working at that point in the 80s. It looked like some of it was really imploding. So you'd look, who is good? What is good? Is this capitalism that we're trying to copy good? But in the end, give me something. Say you want to return to the Tokugawa shogunate, because it was better then. Give me something other than literally let's create a big bang at the center of Tokyo, blow the whole thing up, and let us start over again. Well, and two, there's that hint of um, anti-cultism. Japan is very anti-cult because, one, you had kind of a cult of the emperor during the war, but then, of course, that got exacerbated by, um, in the 90s, what is that, Unriku, oh boy, Um, Unriku, the cult that had the sarin gas attack in the subway. Oh, yeah. And they are very anti-cult and cautious of religion. Not all religion, but they're very... Unlike the U.S., where anybody with a colander on their head can declare themselves a religion for the purpose of tax-exempt status, Japan is much more strict and stringent and cautious. Um, so that was baked in there. But again, as I, we keep saying, you see it, but then it's gone. It's, we're trying to we're scraping at all these different meanings, trying to figure out their headspace, and we come to the conclusion that film are are you gonna make a statement here or are you just scattershotting? Are you just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks? Because what's going on here? Yes. So yeah, yes, that's it. Uh that's the first problem with theme in this movie. That there's way too much of it. It's it's uh I like to think of it as the reflecting pool in DC. It's very big, but very shallow. Like if you fall into it, you're gonna be fine. The only way you're gonna die is if someone holds your face under the water. But it's it's really big. It's just very shallow, and because there's no depth to this, it's very shallow. Or at least it comes off that way. The other problem, though, is something Scott and I were debating, and I've said many times before where's the takeaway because it's not clear everyone's going to make up their own thing and i've always said that you're not allowed to take agency from the author now you can have your own meaning if you see akira and you think it's about military juntas okay sure but if i were to come out and say well but the author and director and storyteller said it's not well, that can be your personal takeaway, but you're not allowed to say that's what Akira is about. You're just allowed to say that's what I got personally from it. Okay, fine. I can't take that from you. But well, I argue you can't. didn't say anything. Well, that's, well, and that's the problem. That's why, And that's why we're left to come up with our own meaning because, well, w- where is it? We get you, Okay, we get it. But, and it did fly in the face of Japanese thinking that, uh, things have gotten better. They're getting better because it couldn't be as bad as post-war Japan, right? So uh, that's their general thinking. And 
But we can't even say that with this movie because there's too much stuff happening. My only counter to you can't take the writer's agency away, that's true. But um, if the writer's going to tell me this isn't an anti-capitalist message here somewhere, I'm going to look back at the writer and say, okay, you may have meant this to be something else, but you're bad at getting your message across here because it's... Listen, nobody can really give me a counter meaning to The Catcher in the Rye. We know what it is. Yeah. It's a story about coming-of-age teenage male angst and the, the fight against growing up that we sometimes go through, that most people go through when they hit that age where they want to hang on to being a child and that innocence a little while longer for they're thrust into the adult world and you have the death of innocence that you have as a child. Um, no one, no, you don't even have to be a literary critic to get that out of this. And that's because that was a good job of getting your theme and your message across. If I, if I, were, if I were to read J.D. Salinger and say that this is about um, praising authoritarian government, people could right look at me and say, you're insane because it's impossible to get that message. But when you get something like this, I don't know what message is coming out of here. I can tell you what I think I got. All organized human power is bad, and absolute power corrupts absolutely, and not even that. Any power will corrupt you, period. If you use power, by using it, it corrupts you. That's, that's what I got, that, that we're inherently bad as a species. I don't know what the writer was trying to tell me, but we're bad as a species, so pick one or two people that matter to you and, and be loyal to them, and everyone else can go burn. Okay, and, that, and that's not... I understand why you get that because he didn't give you anything to counter that. He didn't give you anything. <laughs> so he gave confusion. Yes. Not confusion, confusion. Although I'm sure there's some Confucius in there too. I, I feel like anti-Confucius to me. Yeah, there you go. But uh even even the even the ghost kids, I, I thought of them as ghost kids, but even even the gray old ghost kids who were supposed to be your heroes aren't heroes. They're trying to, they just immediately decide to kill uh, Tenswo at the beginning of it. Like, they're, they're, activate, they're acting from selfish motivation, too. Uh, I think they might also be scared of him. Yeah. I mean, because... in the end, they do a selfless act, but it's right. a bad selfless but act. Exactly. It's a, well, we got to stop Tetsuo, and the only way is to cause a big bang singularity, which will incidentally wipe out everyone here except Kaneda and Kai. But hey, whatever. Right, that's like I've got a mouse in my house, so my solution is to hit it with an RPG. And burn down your house? Right. <laughs> you well, got I, the mouse, this though. Is, this is accurately more of a. Hey, I think I have a fly. Let me use a thermonuclear weapon as a fly. Right. You got the fly, though, at least, right? I mean, at one point he says, this is the creation of the universe. We could use the Big Bang in the center of Tokyo in a controlled radius to take out a villain. Well, clearly these kids don't care about people. That shows how little human life means in Akira. Well... That's the main problem with theme in this movie, that there's a lot of it, but there's no coherence to it. There's, you know, as a friend of mine used to say, you're thinking too much about it. And I I mean, on one hand, that's probably true, but there's a lot there that I'm thinking about. (laughs) This isn't like uh, Dragon Ball Z, where I can pretty much look at it. If you're thinking of it as anything more than Martial artists with nuclear weapons in their hands beating each other up to save a planet. 
if you try to see more into it than that, you are overthinking it. But when the author gives you all these different themes, yeah, nothing but all these different themes at the same time, your brain just naturally tries to codify it and find a schematic, a schema, and this is what you're left with. So normally I would say, no, don't add to the author's meaning. But then again, um, they didn't give you enough for you to not do that. So there's the biggest failing of Akira. It's not the animation. It's not necessarily the soundtrack. It's that as profound as it is, the profundity is hollow. And that's kind of where we are with this um, anime. Do you remember the episode of South Park where Stan becomes a cynic and as you get older, music sounds like crap? Yeah, everything did. I imagine if we ever meet this author, he would make Stan in that episode look optimistic. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) So... Unless someone else has got anything, with that final thought out of the way, unless someone's got anything to say, I think we can rate this thing. I really don't have any else to really say. Okay. Ruck? Uh, yeah, same here. I'm kind of like you were saying earlier. Personally, I'm not... When I watch anime, I don't really watch it for super, super deep, complex thought. I watch it for... Uh, I mostly watch the the fun hero goes on a journey. The the odd exception is one we'll review next week, but right, the, you have to do it very well and very simple for me to actually want to think. Okay, when I watch anime. Okay. Well, I'll get the ball rolling. Then, how many capsules? Because that's the name of the biker gang. How many capsules is this film? I'm gonna give it. Six or seven, probably six, because I love the animation. I would watch it again. Uh, the soundtrack, it's brilliant. It's groundbreaking in terms of appearance and soundtrack. I love the cyberpunk theme, but at the end of the day, it just... There's too, either too much or too little going on that it kind of crowds itself out. So, actually, it's more like a five or six, I think. Next. Um, I'll go next. Um, personally for me, um, it's slow at the beginning. It has a tough time finding what its message is going to be. Uh, even though I personally don't care about the message because it didn't make me care about the characters in the first place. Mm, Uh, animation style is amazing. Um, and I, I can't really knock it for anything other anything in the art department because they just did such an amazing style. Uh, I love all the backgrounds. Uh, same thing with Bebop. Like, I love all the backgrounds to these anime. Uh, and if you ever do read the manga of Akira, which I had the pleasure of reading a few, uh, a few, a few pages into uh, before we started... It was just amazing cityscapes and and these weird liminal pages where it's just one character walking through nothing. Uh, And it's it's just such a great scene. But we're not reading the manga. We're reading the the anime. So out of that, I'll probably have to give it a 6 out of 10. Six capsules. All right. Thomas? I... It's not... It's not bad not like i can sit here and tell you this is the worst thing ever and i think it's terrible it has its good points but it's so confusing 
it's incoherent and I don't know what it's trying to tell me. It's also weird. And I'm not saying I like my anime and I understand Japan anime weird. I get it. Sometimes they're weird. But even for the weirdest animes I've seen out of Japan, this one takes the cake. Hmm. It goes on to areas that just don't make sense. And it's weird and graphically there's th- times where I'm just looking at it going, I don't know where you're going. I don't know what you're trying to do. So I gotta give it a five. Well, yeah, I think five. <laughs> the animation is superb. Uh, the soundtrack, a little weird in places, is overall excellent. I got it kind of like a. I I thought back to Phantasm a bit, and that's a compliment for me. I liked the scary, creepy old ghost children and um i loved the uh lovecraftian imagery with um with the kids basically becoming um bunny rabbit and teddy bear transformers to try to scare tenswa um and that's where it stopped it starts slow with a road rash like battle against uh biker gangs which is supposed to be cool i guess uh which sets the tone for exactly what this movie isn't about and then it introduces the kids with all the ESP powers. And then it introduces the colonel, who you think is going to be the bad guy, trying to control and manipulate the kids. But he's not. He's the good guy. Then it introduces Parliament, who you think is going to be the good guy, but is the bad guy. Then it introduces Tenswa. Or no, he's already introduced, but you don't think he's going to be the bad guy. He's the, he's the misfit. But now he gets power, and he's corrupt and worse than any of them. And then it has the Big Bang occur in the center of Tokyo with a corrupt scientist who doesn't care about society, and then a choice to sacrifice all of Tokyo to save three people. Four, if you count the colonel. Um, This thing is a cluster. It doesn't know if it hates capitalism, politicians, authoritarianism, um, religious cults, individualism, um, religion, period. It doesn't know what it doesn't like. It doesn't like them all. Um, the only thing, as I said, that's slightly positive for some reason is Mercenary Biker Gang. Um, and I can't figure out how the Mercenary Biker Gang is supposed to be the good thing here. Uh, but it lacks coherence. It lacks a plot that makes sense. It lacks organization. I mean, forget about theme. It lacks organization in the story it wants to tell. It gives you a bunch of characters that are hard to distinguish against. None of them are likable. It gives you a villain that you don't like and just seems like a kid throwing a temper tantrum. It gives you an anti-hero who you don't like because his whole purpose in the whole thing is to get the girl who has no interest in him clearly. It gives you mercenaries that you don't like. It gives you a capitalist pulling the strings on the mercenaries that you don't like, but he only exists to die. Um... What is this? I don't know. It's a complete cluster. Uh, I have Crohn's disease, and occasionally I get bowel obstructions. And when I go to the hospital for the bowel obstructions, they give me Dilaudid. If I'm ever back in the hospital on some Dilaudid and very, very, very high, I may try to rewatch this to see if I get a different meaning with my third eye open <laughs> to try to see if I can understand what's going on here. Aside from that, this is supposed to be one of the best animes ever made. If this is good anime, I don't want to watch any more anime, period. If this is the, one of the best examples of this craft of entertainment, I don't want to see any more. This is 
a two. The animation pulls it up. This is complete and utter smoking hot garbage. It is a disaster, and it makes my brain hurt. I fell asleep watching it, and then I could only watch about 30 more minutes, and then I had to turn it off and catch the last chunk in another 30 minutes. This thing is pure, pure, complete, and utter garbage. It's a two. Well, then, it's uh. If Scott says he doesn't want to watch any more, bad news, there you still have to watch more. But good news, Ruck has assured us next week is going to be far better. Now, I won't say what it is yet. <laughs> Just I remember I said if. if. I, I qualified keep... that. If this is good anime. Okay, true. But I'm just saying, next week, I won't. I'll surprise you, sickies, but... We have been assured by Ruck that it will be amazing. However, if you want to know what's next week, listen back to the month intro. Ruck kind of dropped it in there in the lyrics. But it's it's my favorite anime of all time. Like even Naruto, more than Naruto? Uh, even more than Naruto, which I have watched now three times through. Uh, Naruto, Naruto Shippuden. Even started watching Boruto recently because I've broken and i've done that it's above dragon ball for me it's above uh uh, i'm trying to think of anything right now my hero it's above um blue exorcist psyche k um it's above everything that i've ever watched wow i'm i'm even above cowboy bebop yeah oh wow above bebop all right well in that case scott there's some hope so but in the meantime, while you wait to hear what that has to be, uh, you should tune in to the other great shows on Raving Lunatic Media. Uh, so we have, of course, back in the Quesatorium, uh, Janine Jones came out, I already mentioned that. But I mentioned also, and uh, Case of the Chills is back this time with Anna Eklund. Layla's back, and she's working on that haunted elevator one day. But in the meantime, you could listen in for Anna Eklund. <laughs> And also today, a ZTF episode, a mini-sode dropped. Isn't that right, Ruck? Oh, yeah. We had the mini-episode, Vulcan Doesn't Need Help, which for 25 minutes was Vocal Doesn't Need Help because my my computer autocorrects. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so that I one didn't is, notice it until this morning. That one is intriguing because with the exception of the first scene and a couple of small narrations 90% of it was a one man show we had one voice actor and he really nailed it Uh, he went with uh, just go listen to it and you will see that just bear in mind if you've never watched listen to Zodiac Task Force first of all get on that you're missing out second of all Vulcan comes from a race of beings that are not only clones, but share a hive mind. So keep that in mind when you listen. And uh, wow, it, there's, the, it's, it's humorous, to say the least. And it's a nice day in the life of Vulcan. So. If you haven't listened to Zodiac Task Force, do it! Or Ruck will show up at your house, kick down your door, and jam a set of headphones over your ears and make you listen to it. Huh. Raving Lunatic Media nor any associated members of Raving Lunatic Media will not kick down your door and force you to listen to programs. Excellent. So, uh, 
Otherwise, you can tune in for all those wonderful shows. You can also leave us a comment at www.humanitysucks and our only hope for saviors, uh, gray-skinned aging kids who will sacrifice all of Tokyo to save three little ravinglunaticmedia.com, ravinglunaticmedia.com, ravinglunaticmedia.com. Ragemaster, what's left for them to do? Stay six, seconds. And stay off the weed, man! Hey. Hey, I've seen this one. I've seen this one. This is a classic. This is our... Sci-fi melody. Dresses up as a man from space. What do you mean you've seen this? It's brand new. Yeah, well, I saw it on a rerun. <laughs>